there are landowners who are being sued by trespassers who were injured on their property. Again, you might win that case, but the policies protect you. They'll actually have what they call a duty to defend. They will pay for your legal defense if you're sued, regardless of how frivolous. And then afterwards, the, the judgment or if you're found liable for anything, the damages, the policy will pay those. That's covered under that 215 a year? It's covered under the, the vacant lands 225, but yes, it is. That's worth it right there. <laughs> this episode of DOD TV was brought to you by the American Hunting Lease Association. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 216. You, sir, are Matt Drury. You, sir, are Tim. Spit it out, brother. (laughs) It's actually Chelsvik. Just like Chos. But it looks like Kajigilabale. It does. Just like it looks like Lee Kajos. Yes. But it ain't. Welcome aboard. Now that I've made fun of your background and. It's just my heritage. I mean, heritage, whatever. Which is no big deal. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Let's do it. Um, so we're talking about land and land access and covering your tail with some insurance today. We got Sean Fabershay from uh, American Hunting Lease Association. Yeah, we've had this one on tap for a while. We wanted to wait until we were right kind of in the middle of the summer when it's on everybody's mind. It's like, hey, okay, I need a lease. I lost my lease, which Mm -hmm. maybe Sean's got a story about that's recent. You know, it's like, hey, I need, this is on top of people's mind right now. Hunting season is upon us. And if you're a guide or an outfitter and you've kind of been flying by the seat of your pants and maybe haven't been insured and, you know, but for the grace of God, you've been going, uh, it's probably time to cover your tail and make sure that you're. I think people would be shocked how affordable it is. I mean, you know, and ultimately to really, like you said, cover your hind end. Well, stay tuned because you may be shocked. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we get to our shout outs from our friends that listen to the show? All right. We appro- we love getting shout outs from you guys. So yeah. keep them coming. You know what? Before we do the shout outs, I want to say this week, because this airs, we're shooting here on Tuesday. It airs tomorrow, Wednesday, the mm-hmm. 30th. Yep. This is the premiere week of all dun, the, dun, dun. The, that's right, of all the new Drury Outdoor shows on the Outdoor Channel. So I think tonight... Tuesday night, it was uh, 13 13 at Mm -hmm. 9 Central and Critical Mass at 9.30. And then uh, on Thursday night, it is Bow Madness at 9. Mm. And it's a good season, man. I've I've proofed all that. I think I'm up through three episodes Uh proofed so far. And uh, it's all good. Some good content and uh, some exciting hunts. You know, we got the Matthews in hand this year. Heck yeah. The team just hit the door running. So first off, I wanted to say check out the Outdoor Channel, DVR them. Check them live, whatever you want to do, but there's some good quality programming. And if you want a kind of a second angle, like a behind the scenes, like you watch the show and you want more, go to DeerCast and look up like uh, Texas Buddy from Don Jensen. Like you, like you can see these hunts that happened last year on DeerCast, kind of a raw cut of them. Yeah. So if you see a hunt that you really, you know, you're interested in, move by, go to DeerCast and you can... Yep. See the whole behind and, the scenes. And in a lot of ways, it's actually a little more raw, maybe even longer than the hunt, the way it appears on TV, because mm, sure. it's just our time constraints on television. So yep. yeah, that's DeerCast Now's over on uh, DeerCast. Heck yeah. All right. We should also say the show is powered by DeerCast. Woo-woo. 
If it weren't for DeerCast, these lights wouldn't be on. <laughs> Audience wouldn't be sitting there in air conditioning. Wouldn't have that logo in the middle of That's the That's true. Changed up everything. Man. Changed, changed your world. Speaking of sure. change in our lives, Mark Ness from DeerCast watched the Lee Cho show last week, and he said, love that dude. Nothing fake about him. Great podcast, guys dudes yeah so lee was if you haven't watched the episode i'd go back and watch it it's a good one Lee called everybody dudes called ladies chicks said if you get offended by it oh well <laughs> kind of felt like the dude from the big lebowski he, he kind of has that vibe he does have unflappable that vibe. and he does have that like that's him that he's an original character that's him every bit every God. time i've ever met him yeah he's a good dude to hang out with so uh there is some salty language in there we didn't take any heat from that but we gave a fair warning in the description mm-hmm. and in the video so just a heads up all right next up stanley shelby on youtube also about the joe show says one of your best podcasts to date enjoyed it immensely thanks Woo. thank That's, you stanley man sean's got something to live up to here Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then over on deercast um i do not have this fever Mm. But five other individuals in the state more, of Missouri. Need more cowbell? <laughs> uh, I'm Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> and I got a fever. Uh, elk fever in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> so five people have drawn tags to hunt elk here yeah. in Missouri. I found out this morning I'm not one of them. I forgot to put in this year. I put in last year and, uh, and did not get it. But yeah. I forgot to put in this year. Odds are, you think not good. Yeah, they're not that great. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't remember. Maybe sixteen thousand people put in for tags last year. Five people got them. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are for this year, uh, but the uh, cost is nothing. I mean, that's not why. I, if I would have remembered, I would have put it. I put in for it just you to need me to spot you to so. donate the ten dollars. I would yes, give me your ten dollars <laughs> right now, right here. I'll Venmo pull, it to you. Pull your wallet out. I want to see how much cash you got. <laughs> uh, let me see. Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> Left it no, in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> I see, but, uh, but we've got an article up in DeerCast called elk. It's called the uh, elk fever. And it's all about kind of Missouri's inaugural elk season last year. And then what's up and coming for, uh, 2021. Some nice elk were killed last year. Oh man. No yeah. kid. Yeah. One guy killed one in his backyard. He had a landowner tag. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> Ah, okay. All right. Well, uh, so we teased Sean uh, just a few a few minutes ago. So we got Sean from the American Hunting Lease Association. Oh, he's on. so handsome. Look, you at, look him. at him. <laughs> just look at him. Yeah, like a tactical shirt on and ducks and. <laughs> what? What's up, Sean? Background. What's up, fellas? How are you? We're good, buddy. How are you? Good. Fantastic. Just. Uh... Trying to survive uh, the heat. Yeah. So we we've been as I mentioned, we've been talking about this for probably four or five months now, having you on the podcast and and giving you a chance to talk a little bit about what you guys do and and just you know, I guess the climate of the leasing industry right now because I mean it's a big way. Look, the way land prices are right now, I I mean I'm sitting this out for a good while. I can't afford it. Uh, same here. So yeah. Leasing. I got two leases now. That's the way I'm, that's how I'm heading down the path mm-hmm. of how I'm going to keep hunting. I'm going to lease. So what are you seeing? You know, like, like what are the trends that you see working there at uh, American Hunting Lease Association? Well, um, what we're seeing basically is we're seeing a lot of land being sold. Some of the landowners we were talking before the podcast and, you know, or be it people think, oh, you're in the industry. You must just get you know, all your leases for free. No, the landowners won't pay. I get no <laughs> discounts at all. But I've had two leases in the last um, three weeks, one in Indiana, one in Kentucky, the only two I have, that the landowners called and said the market right now for real estate 
is just on fire. They can't not sell it if they've got offers. So what's happening then is it's creating the demand for a quality lease was in the sky. Most of the brokers like base camp leasing that I know of are around 95% lease. As soon as they get a property, somebody's leasing it. Um, and so now the, the that demand or that supply is dwindling even more because as we talked about, people from out of town or out of state are buying this land up while they have the opportunity to. Again, coming off the year we just came off of, people, the outdoor industry did pretty well last year, all things considered, because yeah. it's the only place you could really enjoy yourself um, without any kind of you know uh, restrictions. So we're seeing a dramatic increase in demand over what was already high demand, and supply is tough to come by. I, I mean, I literally, I have no place to hunt right here. As we as we speak, I have nowhere to hunt in two months, three months. He's not all, he's not, not only the chief operating officer; he's also a client. Yeah, well, not right now. <laughs> he would <laughs> like to be. I want to be. So yeah, I'll find some place I assume. Yeah, here's hoping. We just published an article in DeerCast about um, not assuming that you have the ability to hunt a piece of property year to year and how much you have to take care of the landowner, whether it's meat or doing chores around the property, making sure they get paid and everything, yeah. just taking good care of them. I don't, I, I think there's probably not been a more important time for that, to, you know, for people to realize that than right now. It's interesting. Like the the one lease that, that I've had for the longest time, uh, I never have met the landowner. He doesn't live locally. It's an investment. He was originally from the area and he's got several properties, like family kind of owned farms and he doesn't live there. It's just an investment. And he's got, you know, uh, a company that I guess helps him uh, with all this stuff. And and I barely get to talk to him, them. Like the yeah, only guy yeah. that I get contact with is the farmer that also leases there's two different okay. farmers. One leases the barns, one leases the farming rights. And those are the only two people I talk to, but I'm always like, Hey man, you know, I, the, the one farmer always talks about fixing the fences and I'm always like, Hey, we can help you. If you tell me when we'll come up and we'll help out whatever, mostly because I want to make sure they don't really jack up all the, t it's right through the timber <laughs> that oh, they're wanting to gotcha. fix this fence. Yeah. But and, you know, they, what else can you do? I would love to say something to the landowner. I'd love to help out there, but there's nobody to talk mm -hmm. to. I, can, I don't even have a number for the guy. So what can I do is try to help the farmers. And hopefully there's a good word that goes back like, no, you know, Matt, that's a good guy it's to have. It's not as terrible lease. as he seems. Yeah. Don't, don't believe everything Mark tells you. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes you don't have a choice. You know, you can't do as much as you would like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Sean, how about you kind of give us a, a thumbnail sketch of what, of what all AHLA does because, uh, cause there's, there's like four different main facets, right? Yeah. And they're all, they're really all predicated on access. We believe that access to quality habitat is the, the key to hunting's future, to the growth of the sport. Uh, quality habitat typically is privately owned ground, not always. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not throwing everybody in, in one bucket. But, you know, and, and a few years ago, the, the Division of Fish and Wildlife came out with a report. Uh, we were losing hunters, and this industry went berserk. Just, oh, my God, the hunting will be done in 10 years. Not really. Um, I, I never really thought that. Even the report itself said multiple times, these numbers are statistically not significant over a period of time. Mm. But what we think, what we believe is that we want to make an experience better for the hunters we have, and we think that's the way to grow the sport is to keep the hunters that are already engaged, engaged in the sport, enjoying the sport, successful in the sport, 
and that they will in turn bring in new hunters as opposed to some of the efforts that were made all in good all in good faith. I get that, mm-hmm. but we want to make access to private land as affordable as we can, as simple as we can. Uh, one of the, when I first took over this company, uh, the process was very complicated. If certainly with our competitors and even it was complicated here. Well, when I hunt and when, not just when I'm in a tree, when I have anything to do with hunting that I'm currently taking part in, I want it to be relaxed and easy. It's part of my hobby. So to make it difficult or expensive rubs hunters the wrong way. And then lastly, of course, it has to be responsible. You've got to protect your landowners and your hunters. So our risk management program or our liability policies do both of those things. Um, But that's what our business is predicated on. And that is making access a reality. You know, we can't do anything about the lease prices. Your landowners set those prices and that's between hunters and landowners. But what we can do is do our very best to keep the prices low on your insurance. We can offer things like uh, contracts or actual lease agreements for free that people can use. Uh, We can use, you know, just do all the guidance and consulting we do and we can to help grow this sport. And that's, it's really what everybody in this office is passionate about. You know, you you know, Steve Stoltz, Matt. Oh yeah. Sure you do. Many years ago, well before I was in this business, I was still a fireman. I was watching a Drury take and he looked right at the camera and he said, make your passion, your paycheck, if you can. And I, when he said that it, it just hit a nerve with me. Because I already had in my previous job as a fireman, and now I've done it again. I talk to hunters and landowners every single day, come to work every single day, and they're just asking questions. How can we do this? How can you know? How does this work? How can you help us put us on this property? And I mean, I'll unload the wagons for you. Whatever you need, mm-hmm. I'll do whatever I can to help you get on that property. I could just see Steve saying that. Make. Your Make your passion your passion, paycheck. Your paycheck. And his head was probably wagging around like this. <laughs> I think, like I think he was laying on the ground next to a pretty big deer. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Steve. Yeah. So I got to keep finding a way to become a country music star. <laughs> well, you were just in Nashville and they didn't I didn't get signed. You. No. I didn't know where you, like where the line was to, to go do that. <laughs> Not didn't where you were. It. No, no. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next trip. So <clears throat> you guys, you know, you got this uh, program where you can, as a landowner, you can get this insurance. We'll dive into that. But as a hunter, is there, are there things that you should be doing when you lease the property? Like, Hey, if it wasn't something that was, you know, that they didn't have anything, the landowner didn't have anything set in place. Like what does the leasee do? Or the lease or I should say. No, if they don't have any, any insurance in place or yeah. Um, I think as a lease or you you know, you just kind of do your research, come to our website or give us a call. And you know, hunting inherently is a very safe sport. I, I coincidentally yesterday I was at the orthopedic surgeons and we were talking and I was he asked me about it and I said, you know, hunting's very safe compared to football and all the other things, but injuries do happen. These old abandoned wells and cisterns are all over the country. And I think landowners like yours, Matt, who he may never have been on your property, they might not know the dangers that are out there. So he's really flying by the seat of his pants. So a liability policy, which under 500 acres, which is 75% of our business, is $215. That's it. Annually? Annually for a full year. You don't pay extra for landowner fees. You don't pay... 
you know, you don't all have to be a member of the association, nothing like that. 215, and that covers your landowners up to a million dollars per occurrence and two million aggregate, and all of your hunters and their guests for the same thing. So, you know, two hunters, you guys hunt on a property together, and Tim, you hang a tree stand, and you say, Matt, you should go sit in my tree stand. And he climbs up there and you didn't hang it worth a damn. And it falls down hurt. into a cistern. That's, he's been plotting this for a while, <laughs> actually. <laughs> okay, keep but talking. Could, this coverage actually protects you from liability from one another. Well, so he doesn't own anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> protects somebody, not him. <laughs> I don't even know who owns this property. Just came out here. <laughs> well, Sean, yeah, how, so, how about a, like a, a horror story? Like, you know, everything's okay until it's not. It, 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 have you heard about a situation where maybe a landowner gave had a handshake agreement with someone to come hunt the property, someone got hurt, and then all of a sudden things get real complicated. Absolutely. Uh, tree stand falls are the number one issue, you know, and we get calls on that all the time. Well, if you, if you just as a side note, if you hang your own stand and you climb up there and you fall out of your own stand you and get hurt, you can't sue anybody. It's your fault. This is liability coverage. It covers if you hurt somebody else or if they hurt you. Now, that said, we've had issues where uh, dead somebody hung a tree stand in a dead tree, and they didn't. They weren't notified of the you know that that tree was dead, oh, or you know, they had what they thought was a case, and the landowner said, "Well, they signed a liability waiver, so I should be fine." <laughs> liability waivers are nice. It's another you know uh, layer of protection. Mm-hmm. But that hunter's wife did not sign that liability waiver. And she now is faced with not only either medical bills that are mounting or worse, having to provide for her family. So there's nothing stopping her from suing a landowner. And then everything's on the table. If you're that landowner, you'd put everything at risk um, to, to, to make a few thousand dollars. Um, it's why we just came up with vacant land insurance. We just introduced that last year and it's been big. Landowners who just allow friends and family to hunt mm-hmm. or coworkers, they're at great risk if somebody on your property becomes injured due to your negligence. You've got a problem. Uh, again, same kind of same about the same price, same coverage applies. It's just a, a it gives landowners a peace of mind. To and most landowners really want people they want to share this. They want to share their access, mm-hmm. but this gives them the peace of mind to do that without having to worry about it anything really when and you you're kind of alluding to this but uh, a contract a waiver a liability form like these are all pieces of paper it doesn't take anything for someone to mount a case against you like you may win the case but legal fees and you know all those other things the time and effort that goes into fight just defending yourself it's expensive real cost yeah and and you may not recover those costs you definitely won't recover the time There are landowners who are being sued by trespassers who were injured on their property. Again, you might win that case, but the policies protect you. They'll actually have what they call a duty to defend. They will pay for your legal defense if you're sued, regardless of how frivolous. And then afterwards, the the judgment or if you're found liable for anything, the damages, the policy will pay those. That's covered under that 215 a year? It's covered on the, the vacant lands 225, but yes, it is. That's worth it right there. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. I mean, it's you're talking tens of thousands of dollars on a mm-hmm. lawsuit. Yeah. Just to get in the courthouse, you yep. know? So yep. um, if you're someone looking for a piece of ground to hunt, uh, how, how would you navigate that on your guys' <laughs> website? 
Um, well, we don't have leases. We we do have partners. We have some brokers that uh, that we recommend mm -hmm. that you can go look at. But we do. I I talked to a lot of guys about this. Uh, knocking on doors doesn't really work anymore. You know, I, and I know that's kind of the traditional shot. <laughs> glamorous thing. When was the last time somebody knocked on one of your doors in the evening unannounced and you just were happy as could be and jumped up and said, oh, I can't wait to see who this is. No, it doesn't it make the kids go to the door and look through the window. Turn the TV off. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy and daddy aren't home. <laughs> you don't want to talk uh, to anybody <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah. is coming unannounced. Mm -hmm. Unless he's the pizza delivery guy, because that would be unannounced. I'll talk to you about the Book of Mormon. That's how it is now, though. People, I don't want you. People text me before you come over or something. So what I recommend is to, that anybody use the GIS site. The, the every county, basically most in the in the country, have the geographical information system sites for free. You can go onto your county site and you can just look at a large map. It's got all the parcels divided. It's got the landowner information, but not a phone number. Mm -hmm. And you can send them a letter. You can find out who they are. You can. You can, you know, slide into their DMs on Instagram or on Facebook or somehow you can make notification to them that, hey, I'm interested, like to set up a meeting. And then maybe you go out and you get on that porch. That's there's what she said. too many ways to do it now without having to knock on somebody's door and, and feel know. like you're intruding. It probably says something about you as a person when you show up and, and you have kind of a liability mindset also that you want to protect them and you kind of you have this coverage and you're thinking ahead and want to protect both parties. That I I to me, if if I were a landowner, I would appreciate someone coming in prepared with that mindset and kind of understanding what kind of exposure the other party has as a landowner to to shake that hand and say, Yeah, come on. I think just understanding, being a little, you know, having some empathy for the landowner. Um, I look, the USDA puts out an annual report on farm costs. Okay, now I got to age myself real quick. Um, Get the, the cheaters. Average, and this is an 18 was the last report I could find. In eight, 2018, the average farm in the United States had operational costs of $208,000. Where you guys live are in Missouri, it's like 108. And where I'm at in Indiana, it's about 180. So, Anybody who shows up on my porch, if I'm a landowner and says, I understand the taxes on your property this year are $9,000, me and my group of three people would like to pay half of that. And we'd also like to cover you with a liability policy. That person, in my opinion, gets noticed. They, mm -hmm. they get considered or they'll have a good reason. You know, maybe they already got their family hunting and they don't want to do that. But that's, you know, you show up and say, hey, listen, I just passed your farm. I saw a big deer out there. Can I hunt? No, yeah. a hundred people have asked before you show up like that with some empathy and say, I, I get it. I understand why this has value because it's costing you for me to hunt. I want to help you with that. Those guys get the lease, period. No doubt. You know, Cody Thurston, one of our team team members, he had uh, a couple of years back, he he wrote an article and he did a whole episode of Bo Madness on this, but basically he went on Onyx and he found a bunch of properties in the Kansas City area that, you know, looked appealing to hunt. And he wrote 50, something like 50 letters. It's canvassing, yeah. Yeah, 50 letters he wrote. And uh, and well-written, long letters and asking to hunt. And I think he ended up with a couple spots out of it. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, if I ever run for office, I'm gonna have Cody work on my team. <laughs> He'll do some 
He'll do some handshaking. And That's right. Letter writing campaigns. And then you could get Dan, his dad, <laughs> to do uh, write my speeches. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking more like a um, party manager. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not event planner, but party manager. Yeah. When the, the beer starts flowing, <laughs> That's there's right. Dan. That's right. Don't count on logistics being handled, though. <laughs> Well, Sean, what other messages do you think it's important? Like if, you know, if, if you're an outfitter, if you're, if you're guiding and maybe don't have, maybe don't have coverage, yeah. what's the, what's the benefit of, of, of covering yourself and making sure that you've got a policy? Well, a lot of states now require you to prove that you have this coverage prior to, uh, to getting your license, but you don't need a hunting or a guiding license in every state. So I do have a horror story about that. We had a, a uh, one of our guide clients had a, uh, an ATV, a client on an ATV, uh, go over a cliff last year. Oh, geez. Uh, and they filed a claim. It's still, you know, being uh, cited. But if you're a small business, most guides are. You know, if you look at watch on TV, you'll see all the big ones, all, all the really the, the well-built, popular guides. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of these guys are are just trying to do it themselves. Part-timers. So they've got a handful of clients. If you have that kind of risk, you're putting that kind of risk on yourself and your company and, and likely your personal assets, again, for a, for a pretty low cost, uh, you can cover all that liability. We had uh, our, our hunting lease insurance became so popular, but guides and outfitters were not eligible for the carrier. Our carrier just said no commercial entities. For years, they were calling us saying, why can't we do what you guys, we want by, we want in your program. And I, I, my hands were tied until I finally went to our carrier and said, look, these guys, you're charging the smaller guides, a guy that takes his clients to a motel and says, I'll pick you up in the morning. We'll stop at McDonald's on the way to the farm and I'll put you in the tree stand. That's the, the really the bread and butter mm-hmm. of this of, of hunting in this country. Some people who can't uh, get away for months to hunt. Maybe there's somebody in New York or Chicago, a big city. And it's like, I can get away for five days with my son great. Let's, let's do what we can to get you on that property. But the guides then were being treated like they were taking all of their clients by horseback into the Rockies mm. and dropping them off for 10 days in a, you know, in a soft-sided tent. Once I literally explained to the carrier, that's not how this works. We need a program for guides and outfitters. They, you know, carriers, the big insurance companies, uh, they don't know how this works. They don't get it. So once we explained it, I said, here's, they, they asked me, will you write the program? Put together the program. It's uh, our program is $595. It's based on how much revenue you generate. Mm-hmm. So I got up to $50,000 in revenue. I'm a guide now. That's what you're going to make gross. You pay $595, not $4,000. I have, I had oh, clients that are like, I'll make $8,000 this year. My liability insurance is four. Oh. Well, you know, the, 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 the immediate reaction is, oh, well, I guess you can't be a guide or it's not going to make, make you much money. But really, the, the, the uh, circumstance or the, the, the issue there is that those people who didn't get to go home, they didn't, you know, they couldn't mm-hmm. afford a big operation. So they didn't get on it. And now we got people that probably or likely could have really enjoyed themselves. So we like that program. We haven't had a, a rate increase there for I think three years because we just think it's important protect the little guys that are yeah. starting these companies and have at it. Yeah. That's, that's awfully reasonable. And it's nice that, you know, you guys there, are, that you're all hunters. So you can go to these, 
larger insurance entities who I'm sure, you know, you're probably talking to people who aren't hunting and who aren't hunters and maybe don't understand our culture and lifestyle and logistics of what we do. And maybe are just freaked out by just the sheer fact of, Oh, they're talking about using guns and off-road vehicles. That sounds terrible. Um, it's nice that, that you guys live that lifestyle so you can advocate for us effectively. Well, I appreciate it. I think you're right, but yeah, we've, we explain it all the time. I have people say, explain that. How does that work? You know, well, so this is what we do. This is how we live. You know, well, so is this just for hunting season? No, because we want to shed hunt in the spring and we want to hang cameras and mushroom sure. hunt and plant food plots. So I need a full annual program that protects everybody for a full year. So those are the kind of obstacles for that. Once you explain it and they understand it to a degree, mm-hmm. then they're, they're open to try it. And we've had pretty good success with our program. So let me ask you, if you're, if you're the one that's leased the ground, <clears throat> I just want clarification here. And the landowner doesn't have a policy and maybe he's not interested and in, he's like, ah, I'm not spending the $215. Can you create, can you start the policy and pay for it and it be under his name? Like, how would that work if he's saying, no, I'm not interested for one, some weird reason, you know, whatever. Don't want to sign anything. Yeah. Don't No, I'm not going to sign anything. Yes. You can definitely do that as a hunter because the, the policy, the hunting lease policy protects hunters as well as the landowner. Um, it's not optional for you have to add your landowner on our policy because typically 99% of the time, the hunters, they're only buying this because the landowner says you have to. Sure. So it's not really optional, but in your scenario, Matt, yeah, hunters could just uh, add the add as an additional insured or not. And, you know, they could add themselves as additional insured, frankly. Is that uh, cost extra? For the additional landowners? It, to add an additional insured. Some of our competitors, yes, it does. And that frustrates me to death because it's nothing more than hitting a button. It's, it's very little. Because we are interested in access, we require that the landowner be – covered uh-huh. and we do it for no charge you can add seven uh-huh. landowners for no charge to our program uh again 215 you're out the door uh, uh-huh. some of our competitors they want to get 57 dollars per landowner Shh. our average is about two and a half land or two and a half landowners so you're looking at 150 extra dollars on top of their price already and again that now we're starting to get into where it, it's keeping people it's restrictive it's keeping mm-hmm. folks from leasing mm. because there's just so many add-ons. Every time I turn around, yeah. I'm getting you know jabbed for more money, and that's we don't want to do that. I won't do that. Talk about a great foot in the door just to to, to show up and say, and, and I'm I'm fully insured, so you know, and and here's the documentation to prove that there's really no risk or liability to you if you allow me to hunt your property. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah, my next program is to insure a person wherever I go. Oh. I haven't had I haven't had anybody bite on that yet, carrier wise. But I'm, I'm working on it. So you just buy a policy for yourself, and it doesn't matter where you go, you're covered, like you just said, Tim. It'd be neat if you could if you could buy a policy uh, that would protect you in case you don't shoot a buck that year. I'd like to see that. How would it work, Tim? <laughs> I don't know. Get <laughs> my get, get my back. gas money, my my gear money back, my tag money. I don't believe this would work. <laughs> 
a guy can hope, right? I think they lose I've, money I've, on that I've, deal. I've had that suggestion on social many times. <laughs> so this pays me if I don't kill a buck. Yeah, what does? <laughs> hey. a 180. If you don't kill a 180, <clears throat> we pay for your whole lease. It's like the guy working the, the sporting goods counter when he's selling tags or selling fishing licenses and the person says, no, I'll get my money back if I don't catch anything or if I don't kill anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've not heard that joke before. I'm doing a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> Reparations here. Oh. Well, how about you guys, uh, how about we hop into the question of the day? How about it, Tim? Let's do it. All right. The question of the day is probably brought to you by the Sportsman's Channel, the television home of Winchester and Drury's Natural Barn and everything red, white, and blue. And it's not on there. Okay. It's a text message. Oh, oh. I sh- this is my show prep coming in here. <laughs> All right. So from DeerCast, Jesse Bourne asks, what is the best seed to put in a food plot that will feed deer and turkey? I've recently gotten permission from my grandmother that I could plant whatever and wherever I want on her 26 acres. Hmm. Kind of an interesting scenario and, and, and one that a lot of guys, I think, you know, they get access to a property and they're wondering like, what's the best bang for the buck? I wonder if his grandmother has insurance. <laughs> Grandma, I'm going to take you to court, take Jay, you for everything hey, you have. It's not about that. You never know what could happen. It's the medical bills that could pile up, Timothy. Why'd you use my full name? <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I've done something. <laughs> so, Sean, what do you think? What's the best kind of general food plot uh, that Jesse ought to put in, in your opinion? I like clover. I know clover is not, uh, you know, it's not the sexiest food plot and people want to see big bushy things, but yeah. I, I like clover fields and I see more deer and I see more turkey and just clover than anything around here. I was actually just on the phone with Terry before I jumped on the podcast and we Terry were talking mm-hmm. and we were talking about, uh, clover as he was like man you know he was like i was looking at your rainfall on your lease and you've had 30 inches of rainfall so far this year he's like it's like way above average rainforest level and uh he's like um you know you're gonna it's gonna stop raining on you right about the time you plant your food plots what's your plan i was like luckily two of my plots are clover and they look great yeah so i only gotta worry about one unfortunately it's the most important one but Clover is like a if end all be all. He's and he was yeah. saying he's like man, clover is so easy. If you could keep keep you know it under control, the weeds out. It's like it's such sure. an easy food plot. Well, and and the the turkey I killed this past year, and usually when I kill a turkey, I'll open up its crop just to see what was in there. And it's I crunch. always I, not so much, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but I always find clover in there, you know, among other bugs and stuff. But clover is always the common denominator. Love clover. So there you what go. What can I say? Jesse. There you go, Jesse. Clover. Biologic Jesse. has non-typical clover. That's what it's called. It's a perfect food plot clover. I mean, Thank it's you. the deer just devour it in mm-hmm. the fall. So that's what I would recommend. Sweet. All right. Okay. Wildlife word. <laughs> What's happening today? Just tapping that <laughs> tap, tap, tap it in. Tappity tap, tap. The wildlife word is brought to you by the American Hunting Lease Association. Oh, how about your that? Hunting access resource. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Sure. <laughs> Let's hope you don't get this question wrong. It would be ironic. To- Embarrassing, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I routinely get this question wrong. <laughs> so generally, deer need about two to three quarts of water per 100 pounds of their body weight. But that number can change based on which factor here. 
A, their pigment in their skin. Racist. B, the size of their ears relative to their nose. C, the moisture content in their food. Or D, it's a trick question. Deer are allergic to water. Mm. <laughs> Makes you think, Sean. <laughs> Is it the pigment in their skin, the size of their ears relative to their nose, or C, the moisture content in their food, or they're allergic to water? I say C. Uh, I don't know how it would be anything but C. <laughs> I think Tim gave this is a gimme. <laughs> these are these are he, options for idiots. He makes this much harder when I'm the one that has to answer these. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows how these questions are formed? Yes. Yep. It's C. And if if you go like uh, Missouri uh, Missouri uh, University Extension has a breakdown of moisture content in mass crops and forbs and warm season grasses. I mean, they, they break everything down. It's like the nutritional facts on the back of a, you know, a food package, but they've got all this information on all this native browse. And, and, and it, it's true. Like if, if, uh, if a deer is eating things, like especially in the summertime or spring, when there's more moisture content in their browse, they have to drink less because they're getting more moisture through what they eat. I was going to say, so like right now it's been raining so much. So they just, what they're eating, say they're eating clover. There's probably all kind of moisture in uh-huh. the clover. There so. is. In fact, it said on, on the website, all kind of, Moisture in the clover. In the clover. <laughs> I believe you're making fun of me. Oh, making fun with you. Uh, yeah. It's different. Mm. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm dying on the inside right now. I'm not laughing. Sean, we're sorry to subject you to this. Yeah, apologies. This is basically, what the podcast is all about. I think that's why you signed up for this lovely program. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm digging it. That's, that's my kind of thing. All right. <laughs> ah, stupid humor. <laughs> Sean, if folks want to get a hold of you or check out AHLA services anymore, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, of course, our website is uh, ahuntinglease.org. Uh, thank you. You get all the, the resources and tools you need to, to educate yourself about leasing, about uh, vacant land, any of that kind of stuff. The the nice thing, I, the thing I like about this office and people I work with is you can call us and we'll pick up the phone and we are happy to talk to you. So 866-782-6330. We're in Indiana, so we're on Eastern time. But if you leave a voicemail, we will get back to you the very next morning. And I'm, we're just happy to help. That's what we want to do is we want to put as many people, give them, improve the experience of hunting for as many people as we can. That's great. I assume there's nowhere that you guys don't cover in, in the United States or can't cover policy-wise. Yep. No, we're in all 50 states in the U.S. and uh, – We've already got clients and members in every single state. If awesome. I want to whitetail hunt Puerto Rico, how do I do that? <laughs> not Puerto Rico. Not <laughs> we do not out. cover the territories. We're, well, we're there goes my fault. <laughs> well, anything else uh, you want to leave us on before we, any, any advice or any tips for the guy that's, you know, here it is the end of June and there's probably not many leases available, but I'm sure there's, where there's a will, there's a way, like you said, the, the letters, the, you know, not the knocking on doors necessarily. That might not be the best approach at this point, but you know, what, what's your last piece of advice before we head out? Well, real quick, if if that's what you're looking for, I would social, there are plenty of Facebook groups that are people looking for leases and there are landowners posting there. Um, As a member of the tree stand safety awareness foundation, I would just, my last piece of advice is man, stay connected. If you're up in a tree this this fall, stay connected from the time you're on the ground to the time you get back. There's nothing worth falling and, and hurting yourself or worse. So yeah, we want as many people as we 
can to just be safe and enjoy their time of field. Yeah, just because you have a policy doesn't mean you want to use it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that either. Not from a claim standpoint. I don't want you hurt. I just can't believe how cheap it is. Realistically, two hundred fifteen bucks or two twenty five or I mean that's for the peace of mind. Oh my god! Yeah, it's that's the least expensive thing, including you know gas or to the farm or corn to put out or you know your food plot you know costs i spend or, that on haircuts every week <laughs> obviously <laughs> trimming that beard yeah <laughs> so I, I just think it's so affordable why not protect yourself protect the landowner do yourself a favor agreed. agreed man i appreciate you guys thank you so much all yeah. right buddy well we look forward to hearing more uh from you guys and uh Guys, if you have any questions, feel free to email uh, the guys over at American Hunting Lease Association or get a hold of them through the website or directly ask us in the podcast, uh, in the comments mm-hmm. in the podcast. And Tim takes a look at all those. I peruse them as well, and we'll get back to you. We'll yep. help you out. Yep. And be sure to stick around for next week's show. We'll have uh, 9-11 Survivor Will Hemino on, and uh, he's got a couple new books out. And uh, and he was actually the, the subject of the uh, World Trade Center movie back in 2006, which yeah. is a great, great movie, but kind of timely. This is the 20-year anniversary coming up and 4th of July. And, yeah. Uh, just some really cool stuff, so make sure you stay tuned. Yeah, Will's a, uh, a very, very dedicated outdoors person. And the outdoors helped him in his recovery, and I can't wait to talk to him. Such a good guy. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, All right. let's shut her down. Until next Thanks, time, Sean. Peace out. See ya. Thanks, man. Deercast is giving you the chance to hunt with Mark and Terry Drury. Head over to deercast.com to enter.